0: Entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard, and now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a profit and business strategist on a mission. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability and guide your growth. I want to share those strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with all of my listeners. I've put together six easy tips to implement that will help you improve your profitability right now. Go pick those up at, on my website at Trajectory, T-R-A-J-E-C-T-O-R-Y, biz, that's bi All right, I'm super excited to have my guest on with me today, Dr. Nadia Brown. Dr. Nadia is a sales strategist, consultant, trainer and the founder of Doany Agency, the sales agency who works with business owners, companies and corporations to multiply revenue and awaken the consistent closer within your sales team using the consistent sales method. My goodness, this is exactly what we need. Nadia brings over 15 years of experience in leadership, powerful conversations, achieving goals, and respect for people to develop a comprehensive sales process to increase closing rates and satisfied client retention. Nadia's clients have seen massive results, such as raising their rates, decreasing their refund requests, and doubling or tripling their annual revenues, including helping one client increase their annual revenue by, what, 800%? Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Dr. Nadia, welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So, wow, you've got quite a bit of experience. You're a doctor. um, That means you're like way up here on the knowledge level, (laughs) skill set level, and education time in. Um, What brought you into sales? What was that thing that brought you there? Funny story. Um when it comes to sales, I actually
1: didn't like sales. So, uh um, does. <laughs> when I started my business, I was mostly focused on women um in leadership positions and that, you know, that whole piece and I was just excited about the work that I got to do with my clients. Mm-hmm. Um not thinking that um hello, you're a business owner now, you need to, you know, be focused on sales and so it was through that process of starting and failing, of just not having a full grasp on sales and then making a commitment to getting better at it, just for my own sake, but then in that process, been able to help others. And I was like, oh, okay, here we are. And then I have friends that were like, you, you can't just take this and keep it all to yourself. Like, We need you to help us. And so that was that's the story behind the sales agency and how we
0: got to be here. That's amazing. I don't know anybody that truly loves sales. Well, no, I know one person and he's a little kooky. Um, but, you know, sales is such a, I guess we all put our own little chirp in our head and make sales really this like bad thing. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it's not, right? It's, it's really serving. not. It's
1: serving. It's not only serving, but what <laughs> I found is it's connecting. You know, like you're talking, you're speaking with people, a lot of us, especially in the small business world these days, we're leveraging a lot of inbound marketing tech strategies. And so people are raising their hands to connect with us to see if we can help them. And when we take all the gremlins out of the conversation and just really focus on coming from that place of service and being able to, you know, I look at it as an interview, a sales conversation is an interview between two parties to see, is this a good fit? And, you know, should we move forward at this stage and working together? And then when you take it
0: from that standpoint, it becomes a lot less scary. Mm. Yeah, we all need to get out of that scary role because sales is scary. You know, I think it's not, it's, am I feeling too pushy? Um, Can I handle the no? Uh, You know, I mean, we all have these stories that are going on, chirping in our head that get in our way. How do we get out of that? How do we get, I mean, you mentioned that we, We come together and it's an interview, but then that kind of feels a little stressful. I mean, if you've ever interviewed for a job, you're like best behavior and, you know, saying all the right canned things. That's not really what it is at all, is it? It's
1: not, it's really about, like you said, we talked about coming from a place of service. One, I know when I teach clients, I say, you know what, put your investigative, you know, reporter hat on, like come to the call with a true sense of curiosity. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know your goals as it relates to whatever my offer may be um, and how I can support you. I think one of the big things is we make it about us. Our ego does kind of get in the way. Um, Like you said, we're worried about if we'll be rejected, will they say yes, will they say no? Um, And we have to find a way to put that to the side so that we can be fully present. I think that's Mm. a gift that we give our prospects and future clients when we can show up to that call fully present. To really listen to them, to listen to what they're saying, what they're not saying, and then again, if it's a good fit, inviting them to take that next step
0: with us. Great. Okay. So you have a consistent sales method. Give me some. Give me some meat on that. What does that mean, and how do we get consistent sales? Right. That, isn't that the challenge? So we're not up and down and up yes. and down craziness. Yes. One of the ways- to I've experienced do- <laughs> all this, by the way. <laughs> Me too, like two hands up. Definitely been there, right? <laughs> um, one of the ways is
1: by getting support. I think one of the challenges that we have is we try to wear all the hats. And in the beginning, sometimes we have to, like we're like, we don't have the revenue to support making a different decision. But if you don't have the bandwidth anymore to be able to make sure that someone is staying connected, is continuing to nurture and build relationship and have a focus on sales because, as you know, what happens is we do all this activity marketing, sales, sales, and marketing to get the clients in. Um, we get the clients and we're at a place we're like, oh, we're good. We serve the clients and then we're done. And we wake up one day and we're like, oh crap, I haven't done the sales and marketing thing to get the clients. And now my bank account is looking crazy. And so, if you're not Singing doing my it, song, <laughs> <laughs> right? Against the roller coaster, like, oh my gosh. Um, you have to have someone that is there to help you, that is going to continue to have the reach out, um, that's going to be focused on the relationship, there's going to be getting those people primed and ready to when you open the doors, because sometimes you may not have something that's ongoing. Some of us do, some of us don't. So really looking at your business and what that sales pipeline looks like, and then either leveraging automation and or people to make sure that, that continues to happen. And that's the, that also frees you up to serve at your highest.
0: That's awesome. And you know what, I think people forget that there are before, during and after that mm-hmm. needs to be touched. And if we get into that rat race of Chasing more clients and putting out fires and handling them, and then chasing more clients and putting out fires and handling the you know the customers. We forget that you know that's how you get that roller coaster. It has to be that consistent. So talk to me. Um, I have a question. So coming from someone who really doesn't like to sell, I'm awesome at relationships and delivering and and all that kind of stuff. But I, I it's just that awkward thing. Um, What do you think about hiring somebody to do the selling for you? I mean, I've heard both sides of it. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I highly recommend it. Um, I recommend it. And I've been on both sides. Like, I've been like, well, maybe you should you know, be at least have some level of comfort. And I think you should
0: just in case something ever happens to that person. We do, it's, it's, it's that thing of not wanting to do it. So if I don't want to do it, I don't do it as often. And if there's yeah. somebody that likes that stuff, somebody that likes that stuff is able to do it for me, then that frees me up to be able to focus on the other things. So that's where I'm at right now is looking at hiring a salesperson.
1: Absolutely no, but then I was I was gonna add on the flip side. I think sometimes as business owners, we sometimes do ourselves a disservice when we focus so much on the things that we like. You said either dislike; it's not our strength. Um, and part of being a business owner is you get to hire people that are better than you in areas in your business, right? Like that is a choice you get to make as the CEO. And so definitely hiring someone that is good at sales that has that strength. I think one of the first things you should do though is really decide what type of salesperson that you need. Sometimes we only think of, I remember I was talking with a colleague a few weeks ago and she was like, I was like, you need to hire a salesperson. Um, She's like, but I'm good at closing. I was like, "That's then don't hire a closer, right? Like you can hire a different type of salesperson and still be the closer and still get support in your business. And so being really clear on what type of salesperson you need
0: um, is going to go a long way in helping you mm. move on that path. That's a good point that I didn't really think about because you could hire the person. Well, first of all, let's figure out how many stages of the sale there really are. But you could hire a person to do just the follow-up mm-hmm. or just the initial cold call to get the appointment to you, right? Mm-hmm. That's an yep. amazing one. Okay, I have a
1: client so- right now. We are literally in the process of hiring a salesperson to do the relationship management, basically, so she leverages a lot of um, Facebook, her Facebook group, and that's a big piece of it. And we have this big hole that I identified. I was like, "Girlfriend, we gotta fix this." And so we're right. bringing someone in that can greet people in the Facebook group, that can really keep stay on track of that, and that can start to build those relationships and nurture them based on the questions people have. Facebook groups, and they have questions. What do you do with the answers? So someone that. Can know, follow up based on what people say they want, um, and then lead them to that next stage with then could be a sales call, or it could be an online program. But we noticed that there was a gap. And that's what that person gets to do. Um, and then if they are ready for a sales call for a higher level program, then they would get moved over to the actual closer. So again, you know, it d- really depends on your business and what that that stage looks like.
0: You know, that's, that's fantastic. Because, you know, the, the thing that I heard, you know, that triggered me in the front part of that is that we're so engulfed in our business that sometimes we can't see the gaps that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So having someone like yourself to be able to come in and go, Oh, you have a hole here and a hole there. And just these little tweaks will fix those holes for you. And you didn't even know you had them in the first place. So that's, that's a really big aha that I know people aren't realizing, Mm -hmm. but, um, So let's go back to how many, how many people, how many hats do you have to wear in the sales stage? Depending on your
1: business, um, you have that person that could be your, I like to call them your relationship manager, because they're really that person that, you know, is shaking hands, getting to know people, building those relationships, but also getting to know where people go. They can sometimes also serve as your appointment setter, because once they have that relationship and they know, they can like, okay, you know what? now you need to talk to this person and they can schedule that appointment.
0: Is that up front or is that somewhere in the middle? Where would that person be in the... Depending
1: on how you have your business set up, they could be on the front and they could also be in the middle or on the back end because as you mentioned, once, (laughs) and you may have experienced this, I hope not, but I know it's happened and it's not intentional. There's a lot of love and a lot of attention on the front end And then you're (laughs) in the program and then you're like, where did everyone go, right? (laughs) So having someone to then, and sometimes those people are called account managers because now you're in and they're managing the account. But it's a similar role. They're checking in, making sure everything's okay. Are you receiving the service that you're um, expecting? But they're also keeping an eye and an ear open to see, is there another way that we may be able to serve you either now or in the future? So if you have your business set up where there may be and people can be enrolled in a higher level or a next level program, that person is really there to help manage that
0: and keep an eye and an ear open for that. That's fantastic. Okay, so now I've heard three. There's the closer, there's Mm -hmm. the nurturer, and then there's the account manager, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What other other roles are involved in sales? You could have your business development person. And so that is gonna be more if you're
1: leveraging more of a cold call type of business models so that person is out there you saw the sweat start to come right right? you're (laughs) like oh my god right cold calls cold sweat (laughs) but some of us do some people really do leverage that type of model and so that's that person's job is either they're out knocking on doors uh literally or figuratively they're maybe leveraging things like linkedin or doing the research they're really trying to identify who those people are and get in get a foot in the door to start to build brand awareness, and then also start to build that relationship. And then from there, depending on how you have your pipeline stages set up, then once they get to a certain point, they can move them into that next stage, which could be depending on who your target market is, it could be when you come in as a business owner, and then you start to do those discovery conversations to really better understand the scope, and then your sales presentation. So sometimes, those are leveraged more with uh, when you're going to larger companies versus just going to maybe B to C. So it really just depends on how your business is set up. Which, or which, the
0: dollar value of, of the offer mm-hmm. that you're providing or the service level that you're providing. I yep. like this.
1: Yep. So yeah, like definitely when you start talking six and seven figures. You're also sometimes now talking about multiple conversations, multiple decision makers, like it can get really complicated. So not everyone has a sales pipeline that is that complicated, but it could be, and you just it want to think be. about it. It's not a bad thing. It's just okay, here's where I am and here are the different stages um, you know that I need to have set up and there different people that can fill those roles.
0: I love it. I love it. So this is this is doing a double thing for us if you if you if you feel it um, or you're following along with us. We're talking about the roles involved and the stages as well of the sales process. So the, the person that comes in and builds the relationship, the person that comes in and does the discovery for it, the person that comes in and closes them could be all the same person. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you've got the person that, that nurtures them or manages them afterwards. Or what about the last step? Um, Maybe the, or the first step they didn't buy yet but now they need to be nurtured more to get them into it. Like they weren't ready yet. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a solid, no, I'm calling the police on you. It was a not now, or right. you didn't solve my problem yet, or you haven't convinced me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it seems like there's, there's a full spectrum of, of people and tasks that are evolved in the sales process. And yes. um, I like how we're putting jobs to that. So you don't Good. have to, you don't have to be the ugly part if you don't want to be the ugly part, whatever that ugly part be. is. right?
1: <laughs> you don't have to be, and you can le- leverage technology and automation for some of those different tasks. Yeah. But I think one of the big things, going back to your question, is one. that's one of the challenges is a lot of times as business owners, we don't know. We just know, I need a salesperson. And then you I go, mean, and I <laughs> need them like yesterday. <laughs> and then you bring them in and then you're upset or disappointed because you lack the clarity and what their specific role is and not, and I say this all the time, not all salespeople are created equal. And Mm. not that they're bad, but a business, someone that's really, really good in business development may flounder as a closer. You know, it's rare that you can find someone that can manage all of those and manage it well. And then honestly, as your business grows, you don't want them to, like you really want your closer focusing on closing, and your business development person out there focusing on generating those leads and your relationship person, like really spending the time in that role, because as it grows, they're going to have more people to work with. And Mm -hmm. as it happens to us as a business owner, if their time and attention
0: is split, that's where you see the impact to their performance. Oh, so true. So true. And the business owner, at the early ages is probably trying to do it all. Plus, you know, their, their management and plus their marketing, plus their, you know, the, the delivery the of the product, the IT, <laughs> the whole crazy stuff. So, so as I'm thinking that this is probably, you know, most people say, Oh, I'm going to go get a virtual assistant as their first hire to do, you know, um, a, a manager or not managerial, but like tasks. mm mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking your first hire is the person to help you grow the business more. And that's your salesperson yep. and whatever of the five roles or six roles that they perfectly fit into. But I think that's your that, that's your first hire. I agree. You think? If you
1: can get one or two salespeople on your team to help you bring in the revenue, then you can hire And you can hire the talent that you, you can hire a higher caliber talent. Because how many of us have been like, oh, I want to hire somebody, but I can't afford to hire who I really want to hire. You can make different decisions. You can do your forecasting when you have the revenue. And one of the challenges Mm -hmm. when we first start is we don't have enough revenue to really help to get that momentum to, you know, get us there faster because we don't have support. And if you had a salesperson or two there. They're out there bringing in those deals. Like I have clients that they don't know anything until they see the money coming in. And they're like, oh, well, we have a new client. I have agreements coming up, money coming in. It's a great feeling, right? Mm-hmm. To know
0: that there's someone else out there helping you shoulder that and it's not all on you. I like that. I like that. So what are some really, um, I was going to say some good characteristics that, that, well, I don't even think that that's it because I think there are different roles and so on in there. But let me, let me hit you with the hard thing. What do you pay a salesperson? <laughs> right. Everyone
1: it's wants like, to pay salespeople people hundred percent commission, right?
0: <laughs> it oh, sure. Depends. No, it depends because then I can't level. run the business, right?
1: <laughs> it depends on a couple of different things. One not all salespeople are motivated by commissions. Believe it or not, there are some really good ones out there that they're just like, if they don't have to worry about the pressure of closing the sale, actually perform better. And Mm. I know that that's like, what? But it's true. So when I think you really, you need to um, understand the skill level based on which role they're in, because there are different roles. Um, There are also ways. So I personally like to do salary plus commission or some type of bonus. I really want to incentivize my sales team, but I also don't want them, especially in the beginning, to just be a hundred percent commission. And sometimes it takes a while to just get things going. So you want to, you know, at least be able to live, you know, or survive while you're getting learning the business, building your book of business, building your pipeline, building those relationships. Like sometimes those things take time. So you also have to again look at your your business. Your budget, but then also what stages that they're going to be operating in. Um, and then, you know, base it on that. So, but I personally am definitely a, a base salary plus commission type of girl or some type of bonus um, mm. as well. And it doesn't have to be a percentage, it could be a flat rate. Like if they bring in this, then they get this. Um, it, you know, it really depends. And I think sometimes we all, I just recently had someone say you hire a salesperson and they're a hundred percent commission. I'm like, eh,
0: I don't, I don't think that that's how I want to run. Well, it just doesn't, it just doesn't run. It doesn't make sense if I'm giving them a hundred. Oh, oh, okay. A hundred percent of their base is going to be commissioned. I was thinking yeah, if they, if they sell a, if they sell a thousand dollar item and I give them a thousand dollars, then how did I earn money? So that didn't work. So, but a hundred percent of of the percentage that they get yes. their compensation, yes. mm-hmm. and I think that goes back to understanding your business and knowing what your budget is, what your profit margin is, and and how this person can elevate um, that investment that you're making. Mm-hmm. I have a piece in my in my strategy that that I call strategic spending. Every dollar that you spend going out has to produce an income. This is a Perfect example of that because you're investing in someone who's bringing in more business, and if you pay them fifty cents on the dollar, whatever it is, um, just as an example, you're making fifty percent more of what you would have never made. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's a powerful spend.
1: Powerful. Not only that, Marcia, (laughs) but don't don't underestimate the amount of time. Like these, (laughs) this is time that you get back that you're not on discovery calls or strategy sessions or whatever we call it, like you're, you're not that person, you get to go do something else. Um, and yeah. that is huge that we owe under, you know, undervalue even especially when we're thinking about hiring our sales team.
0: Yeah, because that that's it when I think the number one, one of the top two or three things that business owners um, face is the lack of time. Mm-hmm. And so, if you can peel off that section, which is a full time job in itself, it really is. You're now doubling yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got two of you hitting the business at the same, you know, strength and power. And instead of 24 hours in the day, you now have 48 hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Totally loving this. Loving this. This is great stuff. Okay, so we have talked about the sales. Process and the people that are doing the actions in it, instead of just the traditional. Oh, go make a go make a phone call, build a relationship. I mean, those are common things that we all know you should be doing. But I love this conversation because we're really pulling apart the sales process. Mm-hmm. And um, so your your program that you talk about in having those consistent uh, opportunities and that consistent sales, when we're doing it. What's the magic? What's the real magic in, in getting those consistent sales?
1: I think the real magic, there. I think there's two things. One, we have to take the time to think about it. We're doers. We're always in it. And we never take the time to take a step back and be like, okay, here are the things that I need to, you know, have in place. And then the second piece is to systematize it. Whether, again, mm. like I said, whether you bring in a salesperson, or you just leverage automation that is continuing to to open the doors to conversation, build brand awareness. Like there are things, but what happens is we do all the things that we need to do to get to a certain revenue level. We put our heads down, we stop doing those things and then we work with our clients and then we come back up and it's like crap. And so we need to either, we need to have a system that leverages either technology and or people to really make sure that those things are consistent around our brand awareness nurturing and building those relationships with our leads and prospects. Like you said, people that haven't said yes yet. What is our what is the you know our um our process for that? What's the system? When are we going to follow up with them? What does that mm. look like? Because a no today doesn't mean a no forever. But a lot of times we just don't follow up. Either we got upset and got in our feelings and threw the baby out with the bathwater, that happens, or we just literally forgot. It's like, oh my gosh, I forgot. Now it's six months later and I didn't call Marcia back and she really was ready three months ago. Um, So you really need to think about that. So create a system that's going to support you and your business and your business goals to help you achieve your sales. And so thinking about that, um, because a lot of folks, there's so much focus on getting new leads, getting new leads, getting new leads, which is important. But there's also a lot of people that we've already connected with that are already in our communities that, that are already interested, but they just haven't said yes yet that a lot of us neglect. And then we also a lot of times neglect our, our former clients who could still benefit from working with us or it's time for them to come back and we haven't talked to them either
0: yeah that's uh, I love that. You know having having um, I think that's the foundation is you 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 put it so simply. Know where you want to go and then put plan and system in place that will allow you and whoever you bring on to do the same thing without dropping the ball, right? I mean, mm-hmm. talk about simplicity. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming to the business owner to put all this together alone, but you know, it is, it, it can be rather simple if you have somebody to help and support you. So I think Absolutely. that this is, this is, this is, this is the juicy stuff that we all need because 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you got to sleep, right? How can right. you <laughs> do everything in your business? Um, you need help. And this is a perfect opportunity for you to farm out some of the things that maybe you shouldn't be doing to those Absolutely. people and give them, act like a CEO and give them the exact steps and strategy they need to take to achieve success for, for you and themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And bonus tip for those that are thinking about it, because if you're already doing <coughs> it, record yourself doing it, start to document it, whatever that looks like. Um whether it's recording your sales calls, um, if it's documenting, um, creating templates of the emails and follow-ups and things that you do. That way, when you're ready to hire, you at least have the bones of an SOP and you can say, all right, Nadia, or whomever that person is, here you go. Here's how we do things in my company. And they can pick up the ball and run with it. It shortens the learning curve and it lessens your frustration with their performance.
0: No kidding. No kidding. Wow. Juicy stuff. I love the bonus. That was, that was perfect because yeah, it's, 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 it's a big thing to take on, you know, a big fear. And, and for so many of us, we're, we're, we're so into doing the business that we don't have time to work on the business and step out, which is one of both of our, uh, you know, strengths is we can help them work on the business. But I think that that's, that's really, really good advice to start taking those little steps now and start recording and documenting. And hey, here's a stream of emails. Let me just put it in this file, even though it yep. says to John Doe, you know, and it already went out, but I got them in a file that someone else can clean up. Here's my virtual assistant can clean up a little bit later mm-hmm. and make it a, 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 a form or a framework on it. So yeah, good stuff.
1: one of the biggest challenges around hiring is people like, I don't have the time to train them or properly onboard them. And if you can mm-hmm. start just documenting your way of doing things, now, and as you're naturally doing them, it helps to lessen that overwhelm when you're ready to
0: hire. So true. So true. And I was on a call last week and they said, you should never be overwhelmed or underwhelmed. It's called managing the well, which sounded Mm -hmm. so awkward, but that's it. It's finding that nice, sweet spot that you're feeling good you're feeling confident. And as most business owners were overwhelmed because of the tasks that we're trying to do, you know, whether it's us or us and a few, you know, it's still so important to manage that. So this is awesome. Dr. Nadia, I'm loving oh, this. It's so okay. Where can listeners find out more about you and your, um, your program? Well,
1: we have a free gift, um, a resource,
0: especially for those that already have a
1: sales team. Um, You can head over to winsalesflatline.com and there's a calendar for sales leaders to, you know, with some ideas and tips and strategies on how to re-energize and refocus their sales teams. Um, You can also visit our website at thedoyanagency.com and you can find us on social media at I am Dr. Nadia.
0: Love it, love it. All that information will be placed in the podcast notes for listeners as well. Um, I encourage you go pick up, go pick up, go pick up that um, the 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 calendar and the work that she's um, offering for you. And you know, this is the place you need to spend time. Mm-hmm. You know, this really is the thing that's going to shift your business and take you to that next level. Whether it's your first million, your fifth million, your 10 million, this is the spot that is going to make the biggest impact in your business. So why aren't you focusing on it? Love it. Okay. Thank you so much, listeners. I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. I think this is it. It's a secret. (laughs) And again, now more than ever, you need to have your own profit plan and build that out strong. Don't forget to pick up my six tips to help you improve your profitability right now. You can go pick those up at my website at trajectorybiz.com. As always, Dr. Nadia and I would love to hear any of your questions um, or feedback on the show, or even give us some ideas. We'd love to hear those as well. So please subscribe and comment now on today's podcast. And as always, you can catch Profit With A Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Nadia.
1: Thank you.